The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Okay, now I'll go ahead and call the meeting to order. Um, so the uh, uh, first first order that we're going to discuss, we're going to reverse the uh, the items on the on the um, uh, agenda and start out with uh, item B, which is the house in the woods property uh, and the realtor contract. So uh, Cheryl, do you want to introduce that? Oop, you're on mute. There you go. And it looks like Kelly's joining us now. Can I just jump in there and ask, um, and I missed it, even though I was logged in, I don't know why it logged me out. Why are we um, changing it just for clarification? Yeah, just be, because uh, the other discussion is going to be uh, longer and we've got uh, Natasha on the, on the call. Okay. All right. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, if you recall, back in February, we had the... Um, the listing for the property and there was the RFP for the house in the woods property as is commonly called at 19,600 Forest Drive. And um, we did agree to contract with the, um, the realtor. And she is on the call, Natasha Hughes Smith, um, doing business as Lennon Associates. And they did have the contract with the city for a six month contract which um, has expired. And she is here today asking for a six month extension of that contract. Hello everyone, I'm Natasha Hughes-Smith with Lynn and Associates. Um, I was asked to provide information on what we've done to market the property. And so I'm going to provide that information and then also make a suggestion um, if the city I hope is willing to extend the contract, then I will make a uh, recommendation um, regarding the price. So to let you know what types of things we've done for marketing, um, it has been on two company websites, my broker's real estate website and also my property management website. Um, it has also been listed on LinkedIn for both my broker and my page. Uh, Twitter is the same thing, my broker's uh, page, as well as my property management page. With Facebook, um, it's listed with the broker page, also my real estate page, and also my property management page. And I have done some Facebook ads, as well as posting and advertising in Facebook groups. I have about uh, 30 groups that I post. Uh, make posts regarding the property uh, in those groups. I've also done some vendor events and it's posted on, listed on uh, Realcom, the MLS, and through Realcom is listed on several sites that people can browse and look for the property. Uh, Move in Michigan is, is one of those sites that's fed through uh, from Realcom. Also, I have a YouTube page for my property management company. Um, there is a uh, panoramic view video 
that's listed there. It's also um, listed on my broker's page, YouTube channel. Can you give us some dates when they were listed? Um, some dates. When when the property was listed on those those uh, sites? It's listed weekly. Weekly, okay. Yeah. When when did you start? When did you officially start listing it? Um, as soon as the multiple listing service, you guys approved the um, the contract, um, and it was listed on Realcom a couple of days later. So it's been. All of these things that I mentioned have been going on since February. Okay. And I have received several calls, inquiries about the property. Um, and as you know, the market has been affected by COVID and building costs have increased um, significantly from last year. So it's felt that that has affected the ability of the property to sell at the current listing price. The current listing price is 250, but when I look at the home values in the area, we're looking at like 271,000 to at the highest level, like 412. So uh, my broker has recommended that um, the city consider reducing the asking price, the selling price. Uh, Maybe you consider like between 150, 170 um, to help get the property sold um, because of the increased price in construction. Did you say reduced to 170? Uh, 150 to 170. Of course, it's up to you guys um, to decide on what price you want to reduce it. Um, but my broker and I believe that a reduction in price would help the property to move because of the increase in construction costs that the industry is facing. What's the comparative price of a property such as the house in the woods? Um, like I said, the, the range is like 271, and that's just a little bit over the asking price for the land. So with that, taken into account, um, it would they would be spending over the value uh, with land and building a home. And that's making it less likely to get a buyer because they would be overspending for that area. Understood. And remind me, Scott or Pam, what do, what do we have into the property about 88 was it 88,000? I thought it was over I thought it was over 100,000. I don't think I don't think it was, but counting water turn on and all the other activities. The last calculation I recall was in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Rob, you're on, you're on mute, Pam. I want to say just about 90,000. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, um, are we discussing this or just uh, hearing the recommendation and then? All it is today is just kind of discussing and hearing the recommendation. Um, it's not gonna be any um, action taken today. Uh, right. Can I make one more um, request? <clears throat> if you do decide to uh, renew it, um, I would ask that you put like um, 
what am I trying to say? A request to me, like in writing, that you don't want to consider uh, a purchase agreement or offer below a certain amount. Okay. Um, because I've had a person that contacted another realtor, the realtor contacted me, and then that potential buyer contacted me directly trying to offer just 50000 And in order to prevent someone from um, submitting something that's not reasonable, um, if you would let me know that you're not going to accept an offer, you know, below 80000 which is your cost or something of that nature. And then that way, if a person, a potential buyer comes to me directly, I can just let them know without submitting anything that that's not going to be acceptable. Now, if another realtor comes to me with a, a potential buyer with an offer for 80 or 50 or whatever, then I will owe you that financial responsibility to present it to you, but um, if someone were to come to me directly, I would have the authority to just deny it if it's something that's not reasonably acceptable. Okay, thank you. Does anybody else and, have? And, any yeah, I was saying Natasha was 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 that the was that the highest offer or the highest discussion we, we've we've had so far? That's been the highest uh, that someone has uh, made an offer. Yes. Unfortunately, okay. and then that person hasn't really even been serious because I did go ahead and write up the, the purchase agreement. And then he said he wanted to have his attorney to look it over and all sorts of nonsense. So I have not received it back. And um, so I'm just hoping that you will put a cap so that none of us are wasting our time on something that's not acceptable understand and 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 your your comparisons the numbers that you were throwing out earlier you you were talking land only correct no that's houses thank you so, for asking that question those were um, price ranges for um lots with homes that are selling for 271 to um 412 at the highest so if you look at the asking price of 250000 coupled with the increased cost of construction, you add that on to replace, you know, that home. This, like, for example, 271, you're looking at pricing them outside of the market. They would be overpaying and not likely to make an offer because they would be paying more than the value of the area. Right. I understood that part. I just wanted to make sure whether you were, I just wanted to clarify whether you were talking the, the yes, value thank you, of, of land or land at home, because the land, if that was land value, it seemed kind of high. Right. Thank you. Mary Garrett, if I could ask, um, Natasha, are the inquiries you're getting, um, presuming that they're going to build a single home, or are they looking at um, building two or three Everyone, everyone that's contacted me has been looking to um, divide the parcel up eventually and build more than one home on each parcel. So the lowest was like building two homes to the highest four. And then one asking about uh, condominiums like townhome style. 
Is there any other question for Ms. Smith? Yeah, Karen Miller has a question in the chat. Okay, we're gonna hold off for the um, questions until we get to the public comments right now. Okay. But I think I think um, Natasha should stick around for the public comments, don't you think? If she wants to, she can, but we're just gonna follow the agenda today. So um, if she wants to, Ms. Smith, you are more than welcome to um, stay around. Um, and if I don't, we'll um, Cheryl email me a question. Any absolutely. questions that come through? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Thank you. So I'll just absence myself and I'll look to follow up with, we'll have you guys follow up with me. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Smith. Next. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I guess I didn't remember us asking that high of a price for it but maybe that's just my my failing memory no it was that high for um quite a while and that was um something that i, I thought it was i thought the property was listed pretty high seeing that some of the homes were listed at that price i thought it was high but i also leaned to the fact that i'm not a realtor right, so, right, right. <laughs> i wasn't sure what that really uh looked like so you know you're taking the expertise of um a realtor so that's something that we uh, definitely should be talking about, whether or not we're going to be opening this up to other um, uh, realtors. Also, I mean, if you all want to continue to discuss it, we can. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, the 150 to 170, which which she's recommending. I mean, even you know, at that at that price, you know, that's that covers our costs and then still gives the the city a a large chunk of of revenue. Um, you know, if we can sell it for that high. Right. Would agree. I mean, yeah, prior to COVID, that price seemed fairly reasonable, but under these conditions, I would recommend um, lowering between 150 to 170, erring on the higher side. And again, just because I, and again, you know, I'm going to keep saying this caveat that I'm not a realtor, um, is that, um, I think that the price was too high, considering also all that had to be done on that property also, because I don't know if anybody's been driving around there, but I've been going around there regularly and it is, um, it, it, uh, it is, uh, you know, a bit much. And I'm sorry, before we even continue on, uh, we need to do a roll call of all who was here. And your location, please, sorry. Ian Ferguson, Lather Village, Oakland County, Michigan. One second, Ian. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Clerk Talley. Yes. Madam Mayor. Present in Lather Village, Michigan, Oakland County. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Here, Lather Village, Michigan, Oakland County. Councilmember Medley. Councilmember Siddiqui and Councilmember Ferguson. President, uh, Lather Village, Oakland County, Michigan. Yeah. Councilmember Council Member Siddiqui uh, emailed me while we were speaking saying he was not going to be able to make the meeting. And I, I, I mentioned, I don't think we were recording at the time, but um, yep. Dawn, Dawn Medley uh, uh, does not have internet, so she's not able to join as well. Likewise for Councilman Siddiqui, he just he texted me prior to starting. Okay. 
All right, so we will move on um, back to the House of the Woods property. We still continue. Yeah, let's, uh, I just wanted to uh, point something out. So, I mean, you don't really need to be a realtor to understand what the property values are or housing values. I mean, there are plenty of tools that we can, that any of us can use. Um, Zillow, for example, um, it, there's so many tools out there. You don't really need to be a realtor to have access to those. And we're uh, assuming that this realtor has done her job. And so let's, let's try to figure out if, uh, I don't think it was priced too high given uh, pre-COVID issues, pre-COVID conditions, should I say. But yeah, under these conditions, I feel that, yeah, it's a good move. I thought that the property was um, priced pretty high. Uh, I still won't uh, go back off of that one only because, again, just driving over there, what we were saying before the roll call, it is, you're going to have to put, uh, someone who buys that property is going to have to put a lot of money into it just to clean it up, not to get it to where you can even build something, but just to clean it up because it is really bad. So I, I, I mean, it's all opinion based at this point, but I think that, it, you know, if we continue with Ms. Smith, then um, it does need to be lower. Um, part of me is also saying that it needs to be where we will also consider taking um, other, um, getting other, yeah. Uh, yeah, just, just a small comment. So given the previous discussions that we were having in, in uh, council, it wasn't going to be one house. I mean, at a minimum, it was going to be two. And then we had discussions regarding townhomes or um, something to that effect, maybe in a smaller um, capacity. So I'm not arguing to say that the price, I still think the price was just right. I'm just saying, just given the scope, I don't think it was overpriced because we had several discussions regarding what would actually go on the property. But if I'm not mistaken, we also cannot tell people what to do with the property. Once yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I yep. mean, we're just going to be the dead horse. I mean, the fact yep. is yep. we can um, decide that in two weeks. Um, and I mean, we can, or we can continue the conversation right here. I mean, it's. No, it's, I think, I think it's a good it's a strategic move. So I was going to throw my two cents in. Has anybody looked at the listing? Exactly. It could use a little bit of work. Um, Bruce, maybe we need your photography. Okay. Yeah, you Is know, and actually, I'm sorry. Yes, I did look at the listing. And I think that's what made me start driving around there too. Um, yeah, and so, and and now um, these are some questions to ask. It was Facebook, it was LinkedIn. Twitter. I saw it on Zillow. Yeah, she said Twitter, she said her company websites, uh, as well as her broker's website. Right. Uh, Real There's about 150 followers on her Facebook page. And then uh, I just found it on her broker's site. So just, okay. just take a look at it before you come back to have this discussion. I think it, there's certainly an opportunity for improvement. Well, okay. and, and the, the, other, the other question too is, is you know, um, does it make sense to, you know, get, uh, you know, I, well, I think it does make sense to get valuations and, and from other sources as well, you know, before we make this decision. I mean, because we're in the we're in the midst of deciding whether to renew her contract, you know, and she's saying, you know, she's valuing at 150 to 170. I mean, is there a way to get, 
you know, comps with, without, uh, without contracting with another realtor? I mean, could we talk to a realtor in the city? I mean, I know we've got, we've got Karen, we've got John Rude, we've got um, several others. Um, I don't know, you know, whether or not we can get, you know, opinions from them without having to hire them and contract with them. But uh, um, if there was a way to, you know, get some other valuations just to make sure that 150 to 170 is in the right range, I think that might be a good idea. Again, not, I'm not a, I don't have a strong, uh, um, well, I, I, I'm not a realtor. I didn't, I didn't want to use the same phrase, Kelly, but, uh, you know, so um, I don't know exactly how that all works. And, and maybe I, I know I, uh, Karen Miller is probably going to stick around for public comment because she's got some chat questions in there. So maybe she can make some uh, comments about that as well. Okay. Uh, one, one last question. Can uh, Dr. Mitchell forward to me um, the realtor's full name or link for the where the listing is? I don't think I have that. I think, uh, Scott, you just looked it up, didn't you? Can you yeah, put it I, in the chat? I can put it in the chat. Okay. Thank you. I think I can. <laughs> oh, thank you. If I can get to it, it's not. Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay. So, um, everyone good with that for now? Yep. Okay. So, so what's the ask? Look at the Facebook post and then give our um, input funnel it to Dr. Mitchell? Is that the ask? No, we're not doing anything until our next meeting. So you'll be voting on it um, in two weeks. No, so I'm saying as far as the photos, how to improve it, that kind of thing. So we won't even be there yet until you decide whether or not we're going to extend, because right now it's just to extend the contract for Ms. Smith. And so then we could determine at that time, if we're going to extend it, then yes, we give her the suggestions of the, yeah. the, the site needs to be updated or, you know, where okay. you, um, advertise at or because it could be like you know what there's some people that sent us um bids or gave us some suggestions and they want you know so yeah that's where we're at understood all right thanks you're welcome next up is the cannabis ordinance don't everybody talk at once well, as you know, you uh, passed the ordinances for the zoning as well as the code. And at this point, we were moving forward with the application process and for the scoring. So we wanted to get some additional feedback from the council on some elements in regards to that. And some of those um, areas of conversation included the community benefits definition, the building and site a site improvements, um, security plan, and would there be an appeal process and what that might look like? And um, I think we'll start off with Scott, unless Susie has some initial overview you wanted to offer. No, I think the most, I, I, I mentioned it today, I think the community benefits section is probably um, the best place to start since that, um, I think that's going to be the place where most applicants are able to really um, differentiate themselves. So let's 
Let's start there. Scott, that's all you. Really? You guys left this all for me? <laughs> totally all for you. Awesome. Thank you. You're um, so welcome. So yeah, the, the one of the one of the things that we've gone through has been part as part of this is um, trying to be as equitable to all applicants as possible, but at the same time still trying to to set to set um, parameters, I guess, for lack of a better word, but uh, create scoring opportunities so that we we can as a community can get attract. Uh, and, and have the, the cream of the crop, so to speak, rise to the top. So we, we, want, we want to be able to, to develop or, or gain some community benefits that, that really will be beneficial to, to the city. Um, and so that's how, that's, that's been part of the process that we've been struggling with and why it's taken a little bit longer than we anticipated is, is trying to figure out how to do that because we don't want to necessarily disadvantage one applicant over another simply based on site location or site size but, but we want to be able to provide them with opportunities to to provide the city with a benefit that's going to be uh, again it's going to be something that the city really really could utilize so those are the types of things and, and i'll you know the one example that that we've talked about that comes to mind deals with parking um, it's it's no uh, secret that the city is at uh, parking is at a premium for the commercial properties in the community not only for the for a potential cannabis business but for even our existing businesses right now um, jagged fork some of the, some of the other ones that that really um, you know we've had issues with parking over parking overflowing into the residential streets um, this this is an opportunity for the city to or for a potential cannabis business to really help the city out in terms of developing a, a parking lot that's fits our ordinance as far as shared parking goes and, and would allow for some of these other developments to uh, the overflow parking, which would still be usable for them. And again, not necessarily on site um, of, the, of the potential cannabis facility. So the city would look at, you know, potentially a municipal lot or something if, if the uh, applicant were to propose developing something along those lines. So, so that's just one example. And, and we wanted to get some feedback from the council uh, on other ideas or other things that, that you felt might be beneficial or things that um, the city could, the city could kind of, uh, I don't wanna say request, but um, highlight as areas that, that would uh, earn an applicant some extra points. And we have said um, in there, in, in our discussions, and I, I think that this will remain, is that um, we're really directing anyone who's, yeah, any applicant towards the projects that are detailed in the capital improvements plan and updated annually, um, as well as uh, directing them to the implementation strategies that are part of the newly adopted uh, comprehensive plan. So, I mean, it's certainly we don't expect, I'm not expecting us or the application to list every single possible, um, every single possible alternative there could be. And, and, and really we wanna kind of leave that, you know, leave it open for some of their own creativity. Um, otherwise everybody's gonna say, we're gonna do the same, right? So. Um, I mean, could that include something like, like maybe, uh, like, uh, to the, uh, you know, like 
donation or percent of profits to lo you know local road fund or something like that? Yes, that could be something like that. Yeah, because I think that's that's something that the residents would be I think be thrilled about just given the fact of how many people still you know uh, aren't getting their roads worked on. Um, Sorry, I was on mute. Yeah, and, and, and I noticed too, Scott, one of the examples, um, and Susie, I guess, uh, you know, you, you talked about the, the capital improvement fund and commits to a three-year contribution. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, I guess the, the one thing I don't like about that is it's, 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 it's a defined contribution as opposed to, you know, something that's, that, that's ongoing. I mean, it might, might be better. Well, and maybe, maybe this is something that, that they propose to us as part of you know, giving them the creativity to score more points, but maybe it's something like, you know, you know, 1% of profits, you know, on an annual basis or something like that. So that way it's a, it's a constant, um, you know, continual um, contribution to, to, to the community as opposed to just, a, you know, kind of a one and done kind of thing. Yeah, I think that, that, um, that was one of the things we talked about, you know, having kind of an other category catch-all uh, for that and then mm -hmm. you know you using those contributions and, and setting up uh what was it susie trees for trees or something yeah again. trees for trees that's uh, uh my tree replacement program i think that's what we should have just right. you know and that's and that's a, you're absolutely right we don't necessarily want to, to at, you know put out a list and say this is what we want everyone offer the same thing and we, we want you know let's see what these applicants have and if, if they are going to be you know if they truly are going to be interested in, in in having a positive impact on the community then let's see what what they put forward um, and and then we should you know reward them accordingly in terms of scoring on their application so so that's kind of like i said that's that's been the, the real struggle that we've had um you know try, trying to think a little bit outside the box more so than just um Give and, us a, give us a, some of your revenue, and and how how do you how do you do the, the 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 scoring? So so is it subjective? I mean, I I wouldn't think subjective would be legally defensible. So so let's say you know uh, uh, applicant A says, all right, well we're going to build you a new parking structure, you know, on the north side of town, and applicant B says we're going to, you know, let's say that parking structure is fifty thousand dollars, and then applicant applicant B says, all right, we're going to give you you know one percent of our our sales on a, on a yearly basis, you know, which let's say that's, you know, $5,000 a year or whatever, you know, how do you, how do you score the two? How do you say one of those gets 10 points and one of those gets five points so that it's legally defensible? I think that's where, you know, that's where we have, the, you know, the wish list for the community. So obviously our larger need, I mean, we've got several properties that have been identified as redevelopment ready as part of our, our Main Street Oakland program. Um, you know, utilizing one of those properties, uh, I think, deserves some sort of recognition and benefit, recognition and benefit. And that's something that we had talked about that they could get, um, you know, additional points for for targeting or, or utilizing targeted properties for for their benefit. So again, um, you know, cannabis businesses are not allowed in the village center, but you know, that doesn't mean that we can't have improvements in the village center so again just kind of looking for outside the box thinking for some for some of the um you know for the applicants and and, and setting up the framework so that we allow for that right right, right. but I, I guess what i'm asking and maybe i wasn't clear is like but how do you 
how do you say this, this applicant in my example, applicant A gets seven points and applicant B only gets five points. So well, I, sorry, I, I think that's been part of, the, I mean, that's kind of like the next step for us, right? Is that we've really been thinking, uh, coming, trying to come up with these ideas of what, you know, what would we like or what would be good um, to include. And then the next, the next step, at least in my mind, is to assign those assign those so like um you know the mixed like a mixed use parking structure like in ferndale right that to me is it's a it's a huge ask okay like it's borderline maybe unreasonable to like ask for such a large item so that would be you know maybe that's 20 points 30 points um but if you are going to you know you're that's like the Red Rider BB gun on your Christmas list. Yeah, right. right. No. Yeah. Right. So, you, so you think that would be I mean, legally defensible if we if we listed out, you know, 10 different projects and assigned different points to them. And, you know, then then they then they all all the applicants have essentially the equal opportunity to score the maximum amount of points. Yeah, I, And it's yeah. up to them like, hey, if five applicants want to say they're going to build us a mixed use parking structure. Well, yeah. All right, have at it. I mean, we don't have that many licenses, but you know what? I, I think you get where I'm going with that. You know, I mean, they it's it's up to them to choose what they can actually commit to, and if someone can actually commit right. to doing that, then they deserve to get you know that kind of those kinds of points. We have kind of talked about, you know, maybe it's maybe we just say each of those each item is worth five points, right. And choose yeah, so as many as you want. Now, now there, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be any um, issues, you know, in terms of legal defensibility if we if we did that. If you had like this a la carte list, and and you know, one one applicant says, "All right, well, we'll just do all of them," and they're from a multi million dollar corporation, whereas you know, a little ma and pa, um, yeah. So well, it says, "Well, I'll do these two. The ma and pa couldn't then turn around and sue us and say they have. Well, of course, they can sue us for anything, but successfully sue us. For um, uh, you know, saying that well, th this organization had a, a bigger advantage because they've got deeper pockets, blah blah blah. I would assume that that would that wouldn't float. I think I think we shouldn't worry about lawsuits because uh, the the reality is um, most of the cities that have opted in have been sued before and after. So yeah, our no, goal I'm is not. not to do that. Our goal is to say, okay, what is the what do we need in the city? No, our, I, I disagree. And our goal is, is that we know we're going to get sued. Yeah. And that we want to do as much as we can up front to make it every single aspect of this as legally defensible as possible and think about that stuff ahead of time. And I think that's what's taking Scott and Jill, uh, you know, kind of a long time to, 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 to get this scoring done is because they're trying to make it legally defensible because we know we're going to get sued and we, we want to make sure we prevail. Don't get me That's wrong. Been, sorry, go ahead, Ian. No, I'm just saying, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying don't worry about it. Maybe I use the wrong words. What I'm saying is, you know, let's look at the list as far as our ask. And yeah, we we're talking about what we need to do here, and we've got a we've got our city lawyer. So let's make sure that. And you're already asking the question. Let's just make sure we're in line with trying to prevent that. But I'm just saying, let's not make it a focus where. We're, we're really nervous about getting sued and we, we can't bring to the table what we think could be beneficial to the city and at the same time be fair about it. 
Well, go ahead, Scott. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say that that's, you know, that's part of what we're working on. And you're absolutely right, Bruce. I mean, it, we're trying to mitigate whatever exposure the city might have, um, you know, and, and, and that's one of the reasons why we, we've kind of gone away from the on-site improvement because, you know, that that's an area that has been criticized and attacked for um, other communities that have put, put other property owners at a disadvantage for, um, you know, if they've already made improvements to their facility and then someone's proposing you know, and they lose proposing to make improvements to their facility and, and they're being awarded points for that. Whereas, you know, they're uh, an applicant's being disadvantaged because their property has already been improved to that standard um, and that they don't qualify for those additional points. So again, I think, I think putting it out there and, and the fact that someone, you know, um, maybe is not in a strong of financial position well, well, it certainly might subject the city to some sort of liability or, or litigation. I, I don't know how successful they would be, you know, uh, you know, there's a, there's saying a rich man can ride in a limousine and a poor man has to take a taxi. I mean, they both get to the same place, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if, if that alone is going to be enough to, you know, for someone to be successful against something in an action against the city. But, but it yeah. is, like I said, it is something that we are trying to be cognizant of as we're doing this so that, um, you know, we're not opening ourselves up for trouble right off the bat. Right. But if it is, if it is legally defensible, I think that a la carte kind of thing sounds great. You know, just put our a wish list of things, you know, that they can use to score points and let them fight it out <laughs> for who, who yep. does the most for the city and gets the most points. Uh, just a quick question regarding the point system. How are we, go how are we going to execute that? Is it going to be, um, are we going to have like a committee that's going to review those applications independently? Are we going to have staff do that? We're going to have council do that? Because I, I seem to recall some of the cities have an independent committee that is receiving applications, reviewing those applications, and then they go through the scoring process. So what is that? How are we going to execute the scoring process? Well, from my understanding, at least, you know, I'm starting to wonder about my understanding in all of this because uh, things seem to switch. But um, my understanding is that there is a, uh, we're going to have an independent uh, panel. Has anything changed since we discussed that last? No. So the thought process was not to have city council make the scoring determination for it to be actually done by staff um, and consultants. So, and, and the way Jill has proposed to do it makes, makes the most sense uh, would be to have, you know, again, depending on who, who ends up doing it, if it's two people from the planner's office, um, myself, I, I don't, we haven't really determined who's gonna be doing the evaluations, but we won't sit down in a room together and, and you know, talk about it collectively. We will each take take the thing, the application, the information, review it independently, score it, and then we'll meet and say, okay, this is what I've got for applicant A, applicant B, applicant C, and compare them that way. So that it, it truly is an independent um, type but of a review. So. And this is question, but don't you think that this committee should be um, formed just like all the other committees in Lathrop have been formed? As in, you do have someone that accept no oversight from the council regarding this, but having um, residents have a resident or two that's on there too. I I mean, you just mean like my two thoughts is like we don't no, have 
I mean, for a site plan review, I mean, we don't have a separate committee do that. That's staff and consultants. But just like how we had the marijuana committee come together in the first place to do the investigation, that's what I mean, to uh, review. Well, no, I understand. I'm just thinking from a, um, I'm, I'm thinking of it from an just an application standpoint, not forgetting really what the topic is, but just, you know, from an app, from a land use application, staff does different land use, right? Different land right. use applications. So in treating it similarly to that, another another land use application. Uh, I think you also- That's how I'm looking at it, but. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I think also if you have residents do it too, you, you, you lose some of the independence. Right. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, with all the conspiracy theories and everything, it just would be great to have something that's an independent group who has no stake in the game. But they do, because if you're going to have our city attorney and you're going to have our city planner, and then, I mean, they they do, because they're the ones that put it all together. You, yeah. so depend, and let me finish this, please. Um, I was coughing, it, sorry. It, no um, independent means independent of being a part of this whole process. At least that's how I would take an independent process. Like for instance, let's talk about the redistricting uh, committee. Those are independent people that had nothing to do with getting it to, to or being a part of the committee beforehand or any uh, discussion beforehand. So that's independent to me. And the way, the way that, you know, we, we look at it independent is and, you know, we're not, no one's gonna pave our street. Um, because we don't live in the community and so we're not going to say all right this this applicant is going to put a park at the end of my road or they're gonna they're gonna you know put a parking lot next to my favorite restaurant or the place that i go to get you know my taxes done or what or whatever it may be so i think from that perspective um having having consultants um you know yes we, we did work on it but you know and, and yes, I want to see the city of Lathrop Village get the best applicant for, for the fit. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know these applicants from anybody else. Um, and, you know, if they're, you know, take, taking what Bruce is saying, taking the, the conspiracy out of it, um, you know, the, the accusations that there's some sort of a kickback or a bribe or something along those lines, um, you know, there's, there's simply no benefit for for staff or, or consultants to do, to take that. So, you know, that's kind of how we looked at it, but again, I, I don't think it's been set in stone. So, um, you know, if it's something that, you know, and I'd have to look, I haven't looked in to see if other communities have any sort of resident input with respect to them. Um, Can we look into that just to, just, to whether or not, you know, just to see what's, what other communities do? I think we have that in the data that we provided. Um, I don't have my hands on it right now, but um, you know, it just it goes back to what we've talked about forever. This is just a it's a retail business should not be handled any differently with any kind of bias. I think Susie is alluding to that, and they're more than qualified to do it. Plus, the the marijuana committee was formed to fact find, to verify if crime went up, to verify if you had solicitation of any kind, to verify what the costs are, to verify if it destroyed cities. 
That's the reason why we formed that committee because this was a totally new business for the entire nation with so the exception I, of California. So I think that number one, before we even get to that, so pr give, provide the data of showing what the other cities were doing uh, regarding the residents. If you don't have it, then I think that that's what uh, we need to see on average of what other cities are doing regarding uh, resident or citizen input. Or yeah, no, I'd, like, I'd like to see that too, Kelly. Yeah, I know that Walled Lake, I know that Walled Lake has an independent committee, but I that it's been a while since we looked at that, so I'll have to try to dig that up. Well, if you could provide it to us, that would be great to send it to uh, Cheryl or Dr. Mitchell. So let me just clarify. So the, the ask here is to just create a laundry list today or because Scott started by saying, what's the input of council? Do you need to know what our input is now? Do we send it to you by email? And then what's the next step? Yeah, if you guys have something that, uh, I mean, if you have something that jumps out at you right now, let us know if you have something that you, you, know, you think of tomorrow, send us an email. I think we're probably gonna meet Again, either next week or the week after, um, we haven't finalized it yet. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, so you know, this is something that we are are still moving forward with, and um, I will look into the to the other communities what they're doing and and, and try to get some feedback from that. Um, just kind of thinking through in my head how it would look if we had a um, cannabis review board or something similar to our. Um, property tax review board right. um, appeals. So it's not, not a terrible idea, um, but uh, again, I wanna see if there, there's a precedent for that and um, you know, how those, how those individuals would be vetted and what, their, what the criteria would be for, for someone to serve on that, so. Well, uh, what jumps out at me, and, and I believe we've been severely underfunded for several years now, and that's parks and recreation. So we're going to be understaffed and we're severely underfunded when it comes to improvements in those parks. And it's been like that for well over the six years. So that's that's one. So you yeah, kind of cut out there, Ian, but I'm, I'm thinking you, you were saying some benefits that uh, provide to the, the uh, Parks and Rec Board? Yes. And that's, yeah, um, parks and, rec plan. I, and that's um, kind of why I brought up the uh, the capital improvements because I know he's right. got or parks and rec. Um, there was a lot of parks and rec um, projects in that particular. Sorry, hold on, guys. Um, I need to kill something. Uh, it was a it was a mosquito. Sorry. Um, I know there's a lot of improvements that were in that capital in that capital improvements plan. So that's why I think that document's going to be very important right. moving forward. So Yeah, I mean, just some things that come to the top of my head, Scott, and, and again, I, I think these probably wall in, might all end up under cap, you know, capital improvements are one, the roads, the local road fund. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, maybe, maybe alleyways, you know, in the, in the, in the alley cor corridor, you know, some of those are just dreadful. Um, and that would have a, you know, a, a positive effect on the businesses in the city, um, parks and rec, like, like Ian said, um, and even, even the, 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 the really non-sexy stuff, like, you know, some of this, the, 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 these water, um, and sewer, uh, types of things that we were doing via bond, you know, if we can get money from, from, 
the outside from any source, it reduces the amount that residents have to put in there. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think, I think things that, that benefit the community and the residents, you know, I, I think if we can find things that, that, you know, in some way hit the residents pocketbook, so to speak, you know, in other words, you know, they see a direct benefit like their roads or like their water main or, you know, things like that. I think it might help, uh, you know, kind of, you know, we know that this is a contentious issue, but, you know, at least that'll, you know, abate some, some of the pain, I guess, for the people who, who, you know, who are against this. Right, right. I mean, their biggest complaint was, you know, why, why don't we focus on lowering taxes? And obviously, we don't have, you know, empty lots that we can try to build upon or, or expand our community. So we can't do that. And, you know, it, that's kind of. I don't recall that being the. Um, yeah, it was actually one of the petitioners oh. came to me, and Bruce was there, saying yeah. that yeah, you guys focus on lowering taxes, so we can, so we we don't have to worry about this, and um, obviously we can't do that. But if we can add value in other areas, I think it for sure it'll be beneficial. Yeah, I, I heard that a lot too, and it was it was it was more so from from. Uh, people who were, you know, uh, against cannabis, thinking that the right. the primary reason why we're doing this is for for revenue. Um, when you know, I've I've said publicly, it's not my primary right. reason, but but right. um, you know, trying to say, you know, why don't we focus on, on lowering taxes? So I, I've heard that a lot as well. Okay. Now, were there were there is is building and site improvements? Is that a separate discussion point, Scott, or? Or is it that yeah, that's a that's a separate uh, category. Okay. Sorry, let me... That's and the one that we. Sorry, Jake, you got it up. Jump in, but I would just say that's the one that we talked or talked alluded to a little bit earlier. As far as, um, excuse me, the last council oh. meeting, I think. No, that we, we talked about trying to keep it equitable between between the buildings to, for those right. properties that have already made the improvements. Um, right, right. But yeah, right right now we were kind of thinking, um, you know, of awarding an, an equal number of points to uh, both new construction and construction that uh, has been recently done that is that is increased the taxable value of the property. And then have a, a varying degree of points based on the uh, percentage of property value increase, as well as add um, some you know some additional points for things you know if they go green and they do uh, you know energy efficiency, green roofs, stuff like that. Some some innovative stuff that will be um, you know they could yeah. they could pick up a few points here and there for things like that. Right, low impact. Um, that that type of stuff so you're talking energy star things, yeah things kind of, yeah yeah i mean we didn't really define it but we just we just classified it as you know green improvement recycling wastewater i mean some mm -hmm. of the facilities i mean I, and this is more so for the the grow facilities but i mean some of them have are zero emissions i mean they don't right they maintain everything on site process it recycle it and then you know reuse it in, in their process so Right. Not really applicable for a for a provisioning center, but certainly could look for someone that's, you know, solar uh, again, just 
just other yeah. ways that they could be, you know, a little, little more green, lower, <laughs> reduce the carbon footprint a bit. So I understand. Um, just one thing I've been thinking about, and it's totally outside the box, and it may be absolutely crazy, but you know what? I've done crazier things in my life, and this is one of them running for council. <laughs> so let me just throw it out there. Because over the last 27 years, we've had serious issues with people crossing Southfield Road. And we always hear people say, why don't you just get a build a bridge over there, you know, a walking bridge or a riding bridge. I, I say put it on the list because if we want to close the gap between one side of Southfield, uh, Lathrop Village and the other side of Lathrop, I think that's the best way to do it, especially if you want to put it where people are coming into the into City Hall. I think that's the central part of it. So let me just throw that out there. We definitely need some sort of walking mechanism that will not injure anyone. And I'm not talking walking in the center of Southfield Road, which is I very will, dangerous. Uh, I can't double down on that. I want them, I, uh, and I'm going to put it in the capital improvements plan, but uh, crossings, right? I've awesome. already started the, um, I've already kind of put the bug in the road commission's brain that I fully intend to be a pain in the butt about that. So, um, and we've, and it, so. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense, but let's talk openly about crossings because right now Southfield Road is at 45 miles an hour. Yes. They want to increase that speed. It's going to be difficult to do crossings unless you do traffic lights at the crossing. You know, the, oh, the flashing X, yeah. Yes, Hawk, Hawk yeah. signals is what yeah. I will be. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be very dangerous. And, you know, we know that whole planning commission thing is, or road commission thing is way behind schedule. Doesn't have bike lanes, doesn't have any of that, doesn't have, you know, ride share, all the things I talked about in the last couple of years. So, yeah, we got a lot of things going on. Just a nit nitpicky question, Scotty. You know, we, we, we've talked about, you know, uh, existing improvements that have been made within the last 12 months, what, where would that 12 months begin? Would it be when the, the, the date that we uh, start taking applications or the date that the ordinance went into effect or? It would probably be from the applications. And, and we actually did talk about, I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot going on in the last year just because of COVID and, and maybe extending that out a little bit more, but, um, you know, in, in terms of commercial redevelopment. <laughs> It's, right. There hasn't really been a demand for office right. space. I, I know it's nitpicky, but just want to make sure you guys were thinking about it when you. Uh... Yeah, no, we, we had talked, we, that's one of the things that we had talked about. And, and I do think we had mentioned, one of us had mentioned extending it out of, uh, on that basis. Mm -hmm. Yep. What else was there? There's um, what I don't see. Um, and maybe I'm overlooking it, but is there's not a. Um, scoring for someone that's already a uh, property owner in Lathrop? There, there are, um, I do believe we had talked about and put in um, awarding points for, for Lathrop residents that are stakeholders in the business. Uh, also awarding points for employment of Lathrop residents mm -hmm. and then women and minority owned um, or um, stakeholders in the in the business. Yeah, we talked about we have that we kind of brainstormed that in um, under the community benefit. So it, under the community benefit, is there a score for 
former or present residents? Not in this. Um, I mean, not for former. I mean, we've talked about uh, specifically for existing residents, um, minority, uh, women-owned, and/or women-owned, um, and um, whether or not they will be hiring Lathrop Village residents. Right. Um, yeah. We've talked about, uh, you know, also to as a further benefit to residents um, that may be employed there, how how much higher their wages may be, you know, are they gonna, right. are they gonna get, you know, minimum wage, or are they gonna get, you know, 25, 50% higher mm -hmm. than, um, than the minimum wage? Yes, Scott, just curious, you know, I know it was my suggestion back in the winter, I think, when, when you were taking suggestions for us, um, on the, uh, you know, awarding extra points to um, existing business owners. But then as we got more into it, I started wondering whether or not that, that particular aspect would be legally defensible. Um, because, you know, obviously if somebody's not a business owner here, you know, they didn't have an opportunity, any equal opportunity to score those points. So is that something that we can still do? The other ones, the minority and the wage and all that seemed to make sense. And would, I would, at least in my armchair law degree, um, seems like it would be defensible, but this one seems like it, it might not be. That was that was one of the challenges that, uh, not exactly on point, but uh, that Traverse City did uh, face was they, because they had already had existing medical facilities. Um, and so their scoring system put those existing facilities at a disadvantage. And that that was the issue that they had with their, um, you know, with, with their, the way they set theirs up. And that um, that was not they they had to change that they weren't able to because so so changing it or providing you know so what your what was being proposed would be the inverse of that and actually providing a preference for existing businesses I think would 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 fail on on the same uh, you know application the same principles there so, so right, someone, the other ones seem like someone they would who be doesn't good. have a medical a, a medical marijuana someone who's been in the city of Lather Village as a business owner for years could possibly have someone that's an outsider who's never had any type of commitment to our city whatsoever would still they, they would not get any type of extra points for that just yes or no no additional no okay can i ask uh would a uh medical marijuana oh, i'm sorry just provisioning center i have to say it that way just to keep it general a provisioning center owner that is um a high achiever in another city would they get extra points for that? Because you know you're, they're bringing value if they're submitting an application just based on what they've done in previous cities and, and you understand what the track record is, would there be a, a point or any points available for that? I don't anticipate awarding them points for having facilities in other communities. Now, that now are successful. Things, that's the key. That are well, successful. Again, that's you know, I'm not going to go and research every other <laughs> applicant I, I, that you know, I, what they're doing, but but I, I don't think. I mean, I think what you'll see is is that applicants that have had prior experience going through this process will do a better job addressing the areas that were that are going to score them more points, and so I think you might see a correlation. Although I, I don't believe it's necessary or appropriate to award points for, for uh, you know, an applicant that has another facility. 
you know, again, we're, we're trying to find things that are going to benefit Lathrop residents. Um, you know, one, one of the things that I looked or thought about, you know, they, they talk about, and this, this is under, you know, um, community health and, and education, right. You know, it's always about like helping, you know, addiction or what, what not. Um, but what if, you know, we awarded points for an applicant that did something, you know, something different. That's a, that's a benefit for the, for the residents, uh, you know, um, helping seniors work on their taxes or something, you know, something like that, or just something different. Not, that's not, not necessarily really tied drugs. to the cannabis industry. Yeah. And right. Drugs, well, you know, because yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You know, or or meals on wheels services or something, you know, just something, something that we can look and say, all right, so this we, we're providing a tangible resident benefit to residents and, and to residents that maybe aren't necessarily going to be interested in purchasing their product or, or frequenting their establishment. So just kind of to broaden that scope a little bit. So, if, you know, anybody has ideas along those lines, stuff like that. Yeah. The, when you said that, it, what popped into my head was um, when we initially started this process, we had a hospice nurse that spoke about the benefits of medical marijuana. And I think she also spoke at the last town hall we had. Mm -hmm. So would we be able to add points if let's just say a provisioning center incorporated a hospice nurse for pain management or anything like that? Um, or for the community, for the city of, for the city, like independent of them or whatever. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's something that we could consider, you know, I don't know, is there a shortage of hospice nursing or hospice facilities in the city that it's, or are there other agencies that are providing that? No, that there's service? not. A, no, there's not a shortage, but I don't, I don't recall any provisioning center providing that service at all. Okay. I mean, locally, like available on, on call for, for Lathrop or any city for that matter. That's why I'm bringing it up because I just, I remember that was one of the, the people that spoke a couple of times. <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's definitely something. And again, that's, I think a lot of that part will be incorporated um, in their, it, we are requiring that they submit a detailed business plan. So I think that that might fall under their business model if they're going to have, you know, a nurse or someone on staff that, can answer questions or, you know, how would this product interact with my cholesterol medication that I'm taking? Or is there, right, any, you know, right. is there anything that I need to be worried about before right. I, you know, whatever can eat this or smoke this, that it's somehow going right. to con contradict something that I'm currently doing. That I think is, I mean, if I was in this industry, I'd probably want to have yeah. someone on staff that can consult that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I agree. I agree with that. So what's what's the issue with uh, or the the discussion around security? I'm curious about that because I know we we wrote a lot of um, uh, security parameters into the zoning ordinance and into the ordinance. So so um, what what are you thinking about there? That was one of the areas that I really didn't feel like um, we should award points because we we want to have. I mean the security it's it's non-negotiable it's going to have right. to be high-end top tier for, sure. for everybody I agree. Um, so either either you're providing a security plan that meets our needs or you're not um we weren't gonna you know kind of 
pick and choose, you know, features that they could add on to up that. We just we want top state of the art, state of the art, top of the line security. Um, either you're doing it or you know, no thanks. So yeah. right. So so the so the point there was that you're saying we're not putting that on on our document here for tonight was that that we're saying we're not awarding points based on that. I think they'll get up, you know, again, that's something we talked about, you know, do we simply give, do we give them a point for the sake of completing it? Um, I, I don't think it's necessary because our right. ordinance says incomplete applications will be rejected. So, you know, yeah, we could, right. we could artificially inflate, oh, you got 600 points because, you know, you turned everything in or, or is it even really necessary? It's either they're going to do it or not. Um, it's kind of how, how we looked at it. Yeah, the only gap there, the only gap there is that I think we should at least award points for having, if they have it written in their business plan to improve security within three years, like have it ongoing for three years based on the technology improvements. I mean, at least look at it to see how you can Im improve that security system. I mean, you when you have a security system like, in place, you can't just let it. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I just had this huge buzzing sound. Um, so when you have security in place, I mean, it's it's not for infinity. You have to continue to monitor and make sure that you're, I think we had this conversation before where we have security that you have to upgrade. You have to make sure it's in the business plan to do that at least within three years or whatever that target is. So we have a, a, a more comfort level. Well, their, their, their site plan is going to, you know, the, the, the ordinance requires security and if they if they lapse on any of it then they could lose their 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 their, their site plan their license right scott yeah and that's part of and that will be part of the renewal uh of the license so if yeah. there's a you know if there's if there's a breakthrough in security technology in the next three to five years that um we really that you know it just you know whatever it is it just completely makes everything else obsolete obviously our ordinance is going to change to to make that the new standard and i think you know any applicant that's you know for renewal of their applications will will have to maintain the current security standards that the city requires so okay. um, Scott, cor correct me if i'm wrong but isn't that also an element of the application process at the state level too so wouldn't they yeah. i mean would that be something that would be required for their the renewal I think so. I'm not okay. positive on that, but I, I do. I mean, I know there is a security component of it. I just don't know if it's the same as ours. Okay. And so what you said earlier, I think it was, um, it was Bruce that said it, that you would want to, um, you're, you're selecting certain things because you think that that would make um, some the residents happy. Um, ever consider that maybe perhaps we should have something where they can send in some improvements or suggestions of um, what they would want to see instead of kind of guessing what um, residents would want to be improved upon? Uh, I think that's a good idea. And, you know, but I mean, there, there's public comment here as well at our meeting. So I know we've got some residents on, so hopefully we'll get some there and um, maybe maybe we have like an email address or something for the next week right. or so exactly. open up. Exactly. We did talk about that a little bit. I mean, in the past, we've utilized the, I don't ever remember, there's some survey monkey or something, doodle monkey. Um, <laughs> and we don't ever get feedback. <laughs> we put it out there, we ask, we wait. And then, you know, we get the, you know, the same five people that talk at the council meeting. So we certainly could do that again. 
um, open it up and see if there's any input um, that we get that we could get from the residents. It's, we're not opposed to that. Obviously, it's again, like I said earlier, it's it's your community. Um, you know, if there's things that that you want to see that that you could you could you know a benefit that you could derive from an industry that perhaps you don't you don't support or you're not in agreement with on a personal level, but you you could you know go for a ride on the Lathrop trolley or something like that. So yeah. I think that that's a good idea is to open up the um you know have and I don't know about how IT right can do this or not, but to have a uh, independent uh, email address you can send in a suggestion or improvement. I mean, and it will only be for um, suggestions for improvements to go into this, um, you know what I'm trying to say? What is it? The- uh, Community. The, the application? Yes, the application yeah. of the point system. Yeah, um, I mean- Go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Cheryl, or uh, Kelly. Um, I just think that that, you know, just a thought. Yeah, I mean, couldn't, couldn't Cheryl, I mean, uh, Survey monkeys are quick. Can't is that something you could just get out in the next couple of days, Cheryl? It's survey monkey, and then we could advertise it and let people respond, and maybe have the responses summarized and gone given to Scott and Jill and Susie. Yeah, um, Susie and I can work on a draft question or two, and um, on your past, you make sure we're capturing the information that you want the feedback on, and get that out there and circulate it, and definitely include it on the website, Facebook, and our e newsletter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sounds like a that'll make me happy. Somewhat. <laughs> what else? I, I suppose the last big one on here is uh, whether or not you all want to see an appeals process um, as part of this. I mean, I. Appeals process um, based on the application being rejected or what? Yeah, application rejected or, yeah, I mean, like Scott's mentioned before, and it's, I mean, it's kind of all over the draft, like incomplete applications, not going to be, not going to review them. Um, so, I mean, is there, do you want there to be an appeals process for applications that are rejected for a variety of reasons, or maybe they don't? Feel like this is Scott what are other what are other communities doing I mean because I, I got to imagine that everybody who who you know if we have 30 applicants and we're gonna take I, I can't remember what the Jill's flow chart said if we're gonna take the best four to, to finalist process or whatever you know we're gonna have 26 we're gonna have 26 people who are going to appeal that's kind of that's kind of my thought why we didn't I didn't put anything in there initially um, for it is that yeah, you're. I mean, again, you're giving people could always uh, appeal through through the circuit court if they felt uh, that that was necessary. I think um, that it just go through circuit court because again, but, we were going yeah. back to the situation of who is going to be on the appeals board. Right. So likely the council would be the the body that would decide that appeal, and then you know you're going to be turned around, charged with making a decision on the applicants that have scored. So you know, it's it's always like. You know, oh, you got to you got to appeal the ZBA's decision to the city council before you can then go to circuit court. You know, okay, ask the same people to think about it again. And, oh, nope, still say no. So, you know, take that unnecessary step out. Um, 
and then a lot of time, I mean, it could, there is a benefit too, in the sense that oftentimes some people skip that local appeal step and go right to the circuit court. And, and if you made that a prerequisite, it could be a basis for, you know, kicking the circuit court action. But again, I, I think you're going to end up just making more work uh, and creating more problems for yourself. Yeah, I would be inclined to say no. Yeah. So we do go through the ZBA process with these. No. Uh, no, I was just using that as an example. Okay. Okay. It, will, so, it goes through. It would go through planning commission. Okay. As a special land use, and then a recommendation. Yes, the the chart that uh, Susie's holding up there. Uh, <laughs> planning commission recommendation to city council public hearings, um, just like yeah. you would treat any other special land use. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the clarification. So, in a word, Susie, no, no appeals process. Except through circuit court. Thank you. Are there any other questions? Any other concerns? Just looking down the list here. So, um, we don't have any more. I want to jump back to the house in the woods property. Um, it just popped up to show me what the uh, the actual website looked like. Oh, and my comment or yeah. in the chat. And I would be inclined to um, maybe open that up for a bidding. It's been a, it's been six months already, right? Mm -hmm. It said there's opportunity for improvement there, I think. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I'm just saying that, if, you know, I just saw that. But anyway, that was just my thought that everybody probably should uh, review the, you know, the council should look at the website. And then when we get to um, in a couple of weeks, you know, just that can be a part of it. Yeah. Any other um just any other discussions regarding the discussion items yeah just uh i seem to recall we didn't get a whole bunch of hits on the realtors that are interested in in listing that property i mean it took us a while to get to that to the point where we are now so i don't want people to lose sight of the fact that we had it out there forever and we even had a, a local what's the problem you said we had it out there forever, as in um, like trying to trying to find a realtor to list it, trying to find a realtor to manage it, because we started internally, in, meaning within the residence, we had a resident realtor that. But you um, did. I have to say that was to me with that one. That was weird, um, also to say because Lori Bell should have been the person that listed that property, and I still don't yeah, understand but, everything that happened. And so yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm just I want to make it clear that uh, to the residents that we did everything possible to try to list it correctly. We went through a lot of painstaking processes that didn't work. And now here we are saying that eh, it's not it's not there yet. So I get it. I totally get it. I just wanted to make that clear. Particular, my thing is when I read the, the packet is that this particular uh, realtor wants you to pay again 
to have her listed. And then I'm looking at the listing and I'm sorry, that that's, it was not appealing whatsoever. Not that I don't know how you can appeal to a piece of property that is, you know, the way it looks, but I guess I would have, Bruce. Oh, I get it. We get it. Probably could have done something with the pictures, but I'm just saying that maybe, you know, um, sometimes it, it's not a sprint. Sometimes it is. I mean, and so maybe I get it to just say, you know, here's a, a Again, put it in, you can put it in um, Southville Sunday, looking for religious. I mean, there's ways that we can maybe step outside, you know, think outside the box of how we can get some other people or tuck your tail between your legs and go back to Lori Bell. No, I mean, yeah. I, I get it. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying let's go backwards. I'm just saying, let's, you know, move forward. Well, I'm for sure saying let's move forward, but I see what, what we got from moving forward. And before we spend any more money on this particular realtor, I think that that just needs to be a discussion that we truly, um, you know, we, we really look at everything on this. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at that listing as well. And how, how you sell that property without a, a drone aerial photo is, you know, crazy. That would yeah. be, to me, that would be like the first step bare minimum. Or at least take pictures with trees with leaves on the trees. <laughs> or take pictures of the, you know, take the pictures of the neighborhood to show what is you know that right. is how you get to the property or something. This, I mean, just I, I'm I'm disappointed. So I yeah. I'll put it that way. Just that that that's that's that, I mean, that's what I meant by an aerial photo. You see yeah. you see how it fits into the community and what you're getting and how big the prop the developable part of the property is. And hey, and Bruce, it sounds like a project for you. We have no. we have leaves on the <laughs> trees right somebody. now. Not we have leaves somebody. on the trees. No, seriously, you just need maybe you need worst case, best case, worst case, five now photos. By you're paying somebody to sell your property, then they're supposed to do the most that they can. Make sure that I get it. Sell. I get it. So I, I, you know, though we know that he takes very good pictures, unless they're going to pay him. I'm sorry. I get <laughs> it. We don't want to get you in trouble anymore. But nope. but. Yeah, I think we did everything possible. I mean, we we uh, we tried to get the best bid, and we su submitted an RFP out there. And all you could do is just get people to respond to it, and then you make a decision, which is what we did. So, are you saying to continue the contract? No, no, I'm not saying that. Not by by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just I'm just trying to bring us up to speed to where we how we got here. I'm not making a recommendation to extend that contract, no. And just as a point of clarification, if I recall, the first time we um, went um, out, we were looking for a developer for the project. Right. So it wasn't as though we were just looking to outright to sell it. Um, so this was a slightly different approach than what we had initially. Right. And, and to add on to that, Cheryl, we were totally unclear as to what we wanted. Um, and, you know, right. Lori Bell got the short end of the stick because she did. we were not clear and, mm -hmm. and, and we, were, we kept changing what we wanted. So I agree. So it's, it's not that Lori did a terrible job. It's just, we were, yeah. we didn't know what we really, we had no clue on that. It's been sitting around forever. So I think that, you know, um, consider how we can find some other, um, just see if another realtor, I don't know what that looks like, another realtor wants to submit, um, I don't know. So in terms of direction to staff, we're uh, finding 
I was trying to get to it and I'm, I'm trying to think that through. Well, I mean, wh why not? Why not open up? Uh, uh, we got the RFP, so it's not going to take us much time to, to modify that. So why don't we open up, put out an RFP again for a realtor and she can she can apply with whoever, whomever else we get and we'll make a decision again. I agree with that. Maybe just open it up there, you know, uh, a shorter amount of time. Even though I don't think the RFP was open that long last time either. Yeah. Open yeah. it up for two or three weeks. I mean, it's. I mean, the the, the property has been been sitting there for five years. Yeah. But we we had two weeks to to do another RFP or four weeks. It's not it's not going to make a difference. And so the so the consensus of council at this point is to reissue an RFP for a realtor to represent the property. The sale yeah. of the property. Okay. What's the criteria for that RFP? Be the same as before. It's, I haven't heard I just, any. I time. just wanna. I want you know, guys. I just want to bring this up. I mean, got realtors in Lathrop. You've got well, people they, running for office that are realtors. Apply. We've got people that are running for office that are realtors. Can they apply? That's. I want right. to make they, make it clear. They they need to respond to the RFP yeah. like any other realtor. I'm applying, but okay. I guess the you can apply for. I mean, the thing is that they can run for office and they can apply. But you can't, I mean, once you have it where you if, if you get on council, then you can't sell it. So I mean, that's that's easy. I, I think Cheryl was frozen. I she was in the middle of something, but I I lost both of you and Kelly. Can you guys repeat? I was going to ask if you were interested in lowering the selling price and if you would have a oh. you must be at offer Lincoln. that you would be willing to consider. Well, I think I, I you broke up, but I think we got the gist of what you were saying. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. I, I think what we want is the expertise of the realtor. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so we got okay. one realtor telling us, you know, that she thought it was worth 250, but now given the, the environment, we should lower to 150 to 170. Well, that was kind of going back to the comments that I made when we were discussing this, you know, wondering if there was a way to get another, you know, viewpoint. So I, I, I think, you know, the, whatever realtor we decide to go with, you know, from this new RFP, you know, we're, we're wanting to get their expertise on what they think we should be asking. And, and they'll have an additional data point because they'll know we had it out there for six months at a quarter million dollars and it didn't sell. So, right. So Kelly, you you broke up when you were speaking. Can you repeat what you said? You said something about being someone being a realtor and running, and I said they can they can answer at RFP because that doesn't just because you're running doesn't guarantee that you're going to get on council. And so once you get on council, that's a whole different story about uh, selling city property. So okay, all right, that works. And Thanks. I will double check because again, I did not go to law school. <laughs> I didn't even take one class. Well, I did take a business law we, class. We but have a lawyer online. That's exactly why I'm deferring over to our city attorney. Yeah, Scott yeah. usually at that point would have said, no, 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 no. Right. Oh, yeah, he, Scott, he, he, he stops me all line. the time when I'm I think you guys are putting the cart in front of the horse here on this one. Let's see. Let's hey, get the I'm RV just, out there. Right. Listen, right. see what comes I'm back just being as open as stuff. possible, and I don't care no, who gets offended. I mean, I just want, want this process to be clear, and you could make me the villain. I love being the villain, so... I have no idea what you're talking about. I have about no right idea now. what you're talking about. Either. No, no I'm I'm saying I I had to ask the question. I mean, it, it was just obvious. Are we opening it up to also, re, you know, 
residents? Are we going to bring Lori Bell back in? Maybe she has a different viewpoint on it. I mean, are we not going, are we going to just be Whoever very open? Answers the RFP answers the RFP. And okay, that's fine. We'll get it from that point of view. I mean, that's, yeah. I agree with that. Then. In my world, yes, it, preferably, it, it probably would be better to have a um, resident who is a realtor that knows the area and, and things like that. But it depends on who um, who answers the RFPs. I just want right. to right. leave it at that. Right. Okay, that'll work for me. Thanks. Okay. Any other um, questions or conversation on any of the discussion items? Okay, so uh, just for my homework, you, you're asking me to get information on other cities that, uh, what are they doing with the application process? Do they have a independent committee? Is the staff handling it and or council? And I will get- what we wanna know is if they have residents that's on yes, that. Yes, I, I have that down as well. And if we could have that before the end of the week? No, you cannot. And then Scott will move over to you. And so Scott, <laughs> when do you need this? I thought I was going to be the one that was doing that. Uh, oh, okay. If you can do it, I can give you some phone numbers if you want them. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's something that would be appropriate for, you know, myself and Jill to, to okay. bring back. And then as part of our, uh, you know working document here we'll update that and update council next time next time this is on the agenda okay all right and then just to follow up to that scott based on what we talked about in our pre-meeting on thursday so so we, sh we should have you know a, a draft um to look at at our, at our next meeting yeah let me see um next meeting is the 27th yeah, I think that's possible. I don't, again, we haven't scheduled our next uh, session yet, so I'm not sure. It might not be until the, I mean, we have back-to-back -back meetings. So the 27th right. is council meeting and then the fourth is a study session. So it might not be until the fourth. Right, so we, we that's 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 in line with what we had said. We had said either the end of, end of September or the first meeting in, in October. Okay. Okay. Um, um, moving on to mayor and council comments, um, I just want to um, explain how email requests go. So starting off first, um, we have received a lot of emails, lots of emails. If your email has all of the council on it, um, usually I will respond to it and I will take all of the council off with the exception of um uh mayor pro tem and that's only because if anything happens to me at least he's in the loop and he'll know um what's going on so it's not that we're not trying to share with other council people we are trying not to violate open meetings acts so that's why we don't respond that way um in addition um i have received requests from uh, a couple of people to send information that was sent to me directly um to send to them and I, while I appreciate that, but there is still a process and that is still requesting any of our emails, any of our communications, it still has to go through a FOIA um, process. And the FOIA process, which I believe it might be online and I don't wanna be, you know, I don't wanna call a liar right now, but uh, I believe the FOIA process is online, but it is a process and it does take time. 
And as I, I was looking up um, the whole FOIA, researching what FOIA is and how you, you know, get to how long it takes for you to get the information, it was saying that it really depends on how in-depth the uh, request is and how long it takes for the FOIA, uh, for us to return the FOIA to you. So um, it's not that, you know, I don't want to share my uh, emails with you because it's not a big deal to me, but I also am going to follow the rules and um, forward that over to the city clerk. Um, and then also, again, just wanted to reiterate to everyone about um, the fact is that, yes, you can send an email to the whole board, but you're going to get a response by from either myself or you're going to get a response from the city attorney or you're going to get a response from the city manager. And I can say this, if you receive a response from myself, the city manager, or the city attorney, we're all not going to respond again also. We, we, you know, unless there's some egregious, you know, misinformation that was sent out and that we need to stop, to stop you uh, or stop whoever is responding, usually you would not get a, a response from all three of us, especially, especially if the city attorney is the one that's um, responding. I'm not trying to say that you don't know what you're talking about, um, Dr. Mitchell, but, you know, we, <laughs> I will say that, you know, um, when it comes to the legal side of it, you'll you'll get a response from um, just the attorney from that. Um, I think that was um, all I wanted to say about emails. Was there anything else about emails? Anyone wants to add? Nope, that was good. Good reminder. That was, that was a great reminder. Thanks. Okay. Um, and then now council comments. Any? I'm going to let Bruce go first. I don't think I have any. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I don't have much other than, again, um, the butts along uh, adventure we went through was very painful. Scott, I have to tell Scott Baker, I have to tell you, I, it was bad. I got to tell you that. If I don't tell you that, I am going to be accused of not doing my job. It was a nightmare, absolute nightmare. And to be honest, I don't know how we got through that. And I, and I, I told Mayor Pro Tem Cantor this. I said, you know what? We should have did it in-house. Make me the villain. Put me on that committee. I will make the decision after going through all, you know, all the applications and reading all the laws applying to the affidavit. I would make that decision not the way Butzel Long did it. It's just, number one, it, it really deterred residents, just people that are excited about politics in a good way to actually engage and say, you know what, I think I could run. And I think here are my policies. I, I wanna bring this to the table. I wanna partner with some people and the staff is, is, is a good staff to get to. Those people are not going to come to this council seat after what we went through you're going to get angry people we've got angry people now we've been dealing with angry people because they don't think we know what we're doing to be honest and they don't they are only communicating one way scott they're sending crazy emails across the board which is what we just talked about they're not even engaging in person they pretend like they don't even see you in person when you try to engage with them that's what we've been dealing with for six months. 
Bruce, you can stop me at any time, but you know I'm absolutely right with this. I've tried to engage these individuals by email and they absolutely were really loving my emails and I was really responding. And I tried to engage them in person. It is not working. And this butts along part of it didn't help us. Didn't help council, didn't help the mayor, didn't help the city manager, definitely didn't help the, the staff. They pointed fingers at the staff. And frankly speaking, the staff has been well above board. They have been very professional. They are a reflection of us and they've been doing a great job. So I, I have to say it and then leave it at that. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. I understand what you're saying, and we we did address it, um, and I think we we acknowledge it. And I can't remember if you were on the meeting on last week or not, but we did we did address it. So, um, you know, I understand it was not the smoothest process we've gone through. Thanks for sharing, though, Ian. I appreciate it. Anyone else? Okay, um, open it up to public comments. And before we go into public comments, public comments are three minutes long and they are not um, a communication of going, um, uh, it's not a, a, a dialogue back and forth unless of course, again, there is some information that is uh, erroneous or, or is not coming from the um, and I see that Kelda came off of mute. So that means that we must have some people in line waiting to speak. Before we open it up, can we at least address the questions that Karen Miller had in the chat? I think we should start there and then and then open it up because it, it's been streaming for a while. I, I, out of respect, you got to do it that way. Well, if they were questions, and I think that we kind of talked to them and I didn't see that there were questions, but I see that Karen has her um, hand up anyway, so she'll be able to speak um, in a moment. Okay. Mr. Griffin was first though. Okay, thank you. And wait a minute, let me get the mic. Um, I was gonna put the timer on also, so just a second. So as soon as I can find it on my phone, one second. I almost put it on 30 minutes. We would have been here for a while. So sorry. Well, okay, go ahead. Hi, Mr. Griffith. Hey, uh, good evening, man, Madam Mayor. Thank you, Mayor and Council. Uh, my name is Jerry Griffin, uh, owner and president of GMG Public Affairs Consulting. Spoken with you uh, several times in the past as you've worked your way through the marijuana ordinance process. And I just had a few comments about what you've discussed this evening. First of all, the community benefits portion uh, is not unusual at all. I mean, I think uh, having worked in a number of communities on this issue, many, many councils and municipalities have tried to encourage that activity through or for applicants to engage themselves and help improve things in the community and they, you know, through charitable contributions and, and engaging in that way. So I think that's uh, certainly not unusual and probably something that I think I heard a comment about whether that was questionable uh, or, or because it didn't meet some state standards or something along that lines. I, I think that's probably not something that a lawsuit would be filed under. However, uh, I have to admit, I'm, I'm, I was a bit surprised to hear some of the discussion when it was floated the idea of a potential business applicant making direct contributions to the city. Um, whether it's a capital improvement fund or, or what have you. Um, 
Uh, having worked in local government for a good long time prior to this uh, current, uh, what I'm doing now, I, I know there's, there's some legal questions about whether you can actually even do that or how you would have to do it. Uh, now, I might be misinterpreting what you guys were proposing uh, and, and if I if I am, I apologize, but I would strongly encourage you to make sure that however you decide you want to move on that, that there are no legal questions as to whether you can actually do that. I mean, we're not talking about a tax capture here. We're talking about direct cash contribution uh, to the city from a potential business uh, uh, applicant. So that that's something I would be real careful about. I'm sure you've looked at it some in some manner, and I would you know I would just really encourage you guys to to be uh, careful in how you do that. And make sure that however you do it, you know that you don't run into any legal questions there. Um, and uh, I wish you, of course, the best of luck as we move forward on this. One last comment uh, for Councilmember Ferguson as it related to his last uh, issue that he was discussing. Uh, in terms of engaging with residents, I can tell you having, again, having worked in local government for a long time and been involved in a lot of cities, what you're going through there, you name the city and it's happening there too. So uh, it's an unfortunate thing that you guys have to deal with and I, I wish you uh, the best when it comes to having to, to put your uh, hands around some things like that. But anyway, I appreciate your time and we look forward to, to, to engaging further as you guys move forward on this. Thank you. Thank you. Right at time. Uh, Karen Miller. Yeah, mute it. Hello? Yep, you're ready. Uh, I'll make a comment. Oh, did we lose her? Let me start this over again. Because I don't want this to be wrong. Okay, can you hear me? Now we can. Okay. I just want to make a comment on the RFP that shouldn't be in my three minutes. Um, the RFP that was put out was not well suited for realtors. Um, there were a lot of things that don't even fit a realtor's form of business. And I made some suggestions on that, but um, I don't know if anyone even responded to them. I know it wasn't, um, you know, wasn't taken into consideration. The RFP wasn't changed. There was a ridiculous amount of insurance that we were supposed to have and just some other things that didn't fit a realtor model in our normal type of contract. Okay, now you can start my three minutes. I already started your three minutes because you don't have the ability to do to choose, but I'll pause it there so you can start right now. Okay, Go ahead. as a candidate for city council, I would like to comment on the events of the last eight weeks. Nominating petitions for city council were due in the city clerk's office July 20th by 4 o'clock p.m. By 6 o'clock, the unofficial candidate list was posted on the Oakland County Elections website, red flag number one. A candidate had filed for two seats. When questioned, the clerk's office said he would have to withdraw from one of the seats. The afternoon of July 23rd, the official candidate list was posted on the Oakland County Elections website, red flag number two. The name of the candidate that filed for two seats was crossed off of the partial term list and the name of a new candidate was added. City staff was emailed July 23rd and asked about this mysterious chain of events. No response. Another email was sent, no response. Because the city wasn't responding and an email was sent to the county clerk, to the secretary of state and to the attorney general's office. 
The city attorney responded July 29th in an email stating that the candidate had gotten his paperwork in on time and that he would be on the ballot. This raised more questions as Michigan election law doesn't allow for any changes to be made to filing paperwork after the filing deadline. More emails were sent. We were eventually told that the city is responsible for deciding who was qualified. Fast forward to your special meeting on August 23rd. It was announced that there had been lots of phone calls, emails, and FOIAs regarding the nominating process, and it was decided that everything should be turned over to Butzel Long. The election commission was established and it was decided they would make a determination of candidacy based on the Butzel Long legal opinion. At the election commission meeting held on September 3rd at three o'clock, Butzel Long recommended disqualifying three candidates. One of the three candidates had other major errors that for some reason were never discussed. The same errors that we were questioning. It was determined that the three candidates did supply a second copy of their affidavit of identity, which is what uh, they, we were being disqualified for. Um, but two of you brought up a fourth candidate that you believe made a major error. The election commission then voted to disqualify the fourth candidate. At this meeting, it was now stated that everything had been focused on one candidate rather than the many previously mentioned. Butzel Long was praised for their thoroughness. The candidates were scolded, shamed, reprimanded, and told we were only concerned about ourselves. Thank we you, Ms. Miller. Yes? Your time is up. Thank you. Do we, wow. have, do we have someone else that wanted to speak? There are no other hands raised at this time. We do have a question in the audience, which was, did current Lather Village businesses have a point system to determine if they were a good choice for Lathrop Village. Um, I think Mr. Holly, do you, do, do you, Scott, need more information regarding that? I mean, I think, I think what it is, is, is it's saying it, why are cannabis business is required to meet a point system if other businesses aren't. Um, okay. So. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to speak? Um, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Again, your time starts now. Thank you, Mayor. And thank you, uh, City Council. Um, Marvin Holly, Latham Village, um, Oakland County. Okay, um, just just to uh, just to piggyback off my question there, uh, the reason why I asked that is simply for the purpose of clarification of the discussion tonight uh, pertaining to these uh, particular businesses that were in discussion as to the ordinance for them. Um, I I was uh, questioning as to it, it seems sort of fresh in the communication about what to do to benefit from these businesses and uh with the other businesses that are already established that's the reason why the question was posed as to whether that was already a blueprint or something of that nature thank you thank you kelly can i just make a comment quick comment there uh Sure. Yeah, the only thing I just, just want to say that the only reason why there's a point system here and there weren't point systems for other businesses is because there's a license to be awarded here. And it's a, and, and there's only a fixed number of licenses and there will be more candidates than licenses. So there has to be some site way of, of scoring and determining who gets the licenses and who don't. 
who, who doesn't. Thank you. Thank you. And is there anyone else? Oh, there is a comment in the chat from uh, Ms. Miller. She didn't get her three minutes. Ms. Miller, I turned on the timer as soon as you started speaking. It is um, public comment. And as soon as you start speaking, it's three minutes, not to determine your different subjects that you want to talk about. It's three minutes total. And just like everyone else, keeping it fair, you got three minutes. If there's something else you would like to say, um, you can feel free to raise your hand and we can give you another three minutes. Okay. Does anybody else have um, anything for the good of the cause? Me or or no. us or them? You can say it as a whole. Is there anything else? Anyone else want to say anything? Oh, Ms. Miller's hand is up. And you can, let me get my back up, unmute her. I just have, I just have a question. Go ahead. Okay, what? I'm saying your time starts now. Go ahead. Yes, okay. I just have a question. Why when the Oakland County Elections Commission sent an email at 8.30 a.m. on July 22nd saying that a candidate had not completed all of his paperwork, and that the deadline had already passed, why was there a cover-up? Why was the candidate given special treatment? Why, why did this mess happen that has dragged out for eight weeks and cost the city a lot and you have been blaming candidates for it? I, I just don't. You, you all really need to come up with some answers here. Um, and I'll, I'll send this to you in, in writing. Um, with copies of the information we got in the FOIA that uh, lays everything out with the questions that we had from three days after the filing deadline. That's it. Okay, thank you. Does anybody else have anything else? Okay. Well, I would call for our meeting to be uh, adjourned if, unless there is a, uh, Anything else? Okay, well then you all have a good night and uh, stay safe. Good night, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Good night. <laughs>